Welcome to Big Dave's Money and Marriage Podcast, where I want to help you create the life you want to live. I am your host, Big Dave, a husband, dad, pastor, and certified financial coach. We're broadcasting live from Grateful Studios. We're the number one podcast for practical, marital, and financial advice. I hope you're ready because this is the show where your money and your marriage take center stage. And we are back with episode 19, Fight Now or Forever Hold Your Peace, Two Ways to Protect Your Marriage. Hey, guys, thanks so much for tuning in today, talking about all things marriage. I didn't notice I didn't say speak now or forever hold your peace, right? You've heard that in marriage ceremonies. But I said, it's fight now or forever hold your peace. So listen, real quick, I want you to think, have you ever walked on someone's property and have you ever seen one of these signs? Keep out, no trespassing, private property, restricted area, authorized persons only. Listen, we've all seen those signs, right? The purpose of any of these signs is to what? Keep out unwanted guests, right? It's an attempt to deter bad guys, thieves, and those wild redneck teenagers, you know what I'm saying? So as Americans, we care a lot about protecting our property, don't we? We care a lot about protecting our houses, protecting our cars. That's why we put up these warning signs. That's why we purchase expensive security cameras and we buy alarm systems and and all the things of that nature. We want to protect our stuff, don't we? We don't want the enemy to rob us, to steal from us, to harm us, or to harm our stuff or harm our family. In fact, on average, Americans spend a whopping $21 billion, with a B, $21 billion each and every year just on home security systems. So listen, we put a lot of emphasis on protecting our stuff and our physical life, but Not enough emphasis, I believe, on protecting our families and our spiritual life. Guys, marriages and families are under attack. I don't have to tell you this. You you honestly feel it, don't you? You know, you sense it, you see it, you feel it, you're living it. Relationships are under attack. So today, episode 19, we're talking fight now, not speak up or forever hold your peace, speak now. It's fight now. Fight now. Put your hands up. Let's go. Let's do this thing. Fight now or forever hold your peace. Two different ways for you to protect your marriage. Hey, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. So number one reason to protect your marriage, number one way to protect your marriage is to learn the facts. That's right. Number one, learn the facts. Real quick, I want to share scripture with you. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, stay alert. Watch out for the great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Listen to me. Listen to me, married couples. The enemy is trying to come at your marriage. He wants to destroy your marriage. He knows if he can if he can infiltrate and he can cripple your marriage, and he knows he can destroy your family. So listen, we've got to watch out. We've got to stay alert. We have got to be on guard 24-7 with this. this is a spiritual battle. The Bible says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities of darkness and spiritual places. So I want us to have that in our mindset today. So number one, we got to learn the facts. Here are the facts. 
of first-time marriages end in divorce. Did you hear me? And that's the same outside the church as it is inside the church. 50%, half the people you know have been divorced. Think about your 10 closest friends in high school. I was talking to a, to a guy yesterday, came into my office. He's my insurance agent. And we were talking. He said, you know what? He said, I look at all my buddies that I went to school with. He said, over half of them now all are divorced. They have all these blended families and things. And listen, you it is what it is, man. The enemy wants to rip apart your marriage. He wants to rip apart your family. And it just starts with one decision after another. So, hey, 60%, listen to this, 60% of second-time marriages end in divorce. Say, what? 50% first-time, 60% second-time marriages end in divorce. That means if you think that if you get away from this person, let me go to this next person, my problems are going to get easier. Things are going to be fine. I'm just I'm going to find a new person. All my problems are going to go away. Uh-uh. You increase your chances of getting divorced. Don't believe me? Listen to this one. The third time marriages, check this out, 73%, 73% of third time marriages end in divorce. Guys, you have the best shot at sticking it out with the first one, okay? Check this out. Learn the facts. Highest rate of divorces found in these three careers, these three professions, dancers, bartenders, massage therapists. Are you kidding me? So, guys, we've got to be very wise in our decision-making on what we do. So I'm not saying don't have these careers. I'm just saying just be cautious. Know the facts. Learn the facts. And I shared some of these facts back on episode 17, talking about choose your heart. Either way, it's going to be difficult. So listen listen to this one. This one's crazy. So the couples that cohabitate, right, they shack up. They live together, and they play married. They play marriage. Research says that 81% of those couples that cohabitate will end in divorce, Okay, the Heritage Foundation data shows that when you cohabitate, your children will be negatively affected, okay, to the parents who have children, and they shack up. Your kids are three times more likely to be expelled from school, three times more likely to get pregnant before marriage. They're five times more likely to live in poverty, okay? We say, why would they live in poverty? Just because they're shacking up. It's called the marriage advantage, okay? When you have two individual people coming together on the same page, now they have financial goals, now they have the same budget shared accounts, they can accomplish more financially because they're married. It's called the marriage advantage. Okay, when you're just playing married, you're just playing marriage, you're just cohabitating, you just have a roommate that's the opposite sex, right? And you're sleeping with them, you're doing all stuff and you're not married, you're just playing marriage. You're not going to be joining, which you shouldn't anyways, but you're not going to be joining your financial goals. You're not going to be joining your bank accounts. You're going to have your bills. They're going to have their bills. You're going to have your debts. They have their debts. And so there's there's not that advantage of us coming together. So yeah, your kids are going to suffer from that and they could... It says it right here. The Heritage Foundation data says five times more likely to live in poverty. So it goes on to say 22 times more likely to be incarcerated. Wow. So all because you choose to live with somebody that you're not married to. So big warning flag here. Warning, guys, do it the right way. Yes, fall in love. Pray about that person. Is this the person I'm supposed to be with? Have that season uh, of getting to know each other, getting to know your families, getting to figure out, okay, what are our goals in our life? Then it's let's get married. Then it, then let's have children. Okay, let's do it this thing the right way. So we as a culture, though, we've decided to put our own rules and our own parameters on marriage, and we just kind of leave God out of the picture. We've kicked him out of the picture, and it's not right. People today are getting married for their own pleasure, right? They say, well, I want love. I want connection. I want a sexual relationship. I want children. It's, it's, it's all about I, 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 me, me, me. It's all selfish. It's no longer about God. And if you take God out of the equation, guys, you can justify just about anything in life. So, guys, the enemy wants to keep 
perverting God's original plan. He wants to pervert, to distort God's original plan, his original intent, because he knows, the enemy knows, that a a good Christian marriage, it makes you act more like God, and it makes you look like God. And the enemy hates it. He can't stand it. He sees you and your biblical marriage the, the, the Christ-like husband, the Holy Spirit-like wife, both of you pursuing the Heavenly Father, he sees that picture, and, and it's that Elohim, it's that triune God picture that you've been replicated in God's image. Satan sees that, and he can't stand it. It reminds him of what God looks like, and he, he wants to come in and attack you. In fact, guys, the enemy knows if he can cripple your marriage, he can destroy your family. He knows that. If he can destroy your family, he can cripple your church. If he can cripple the church, guess what? He can destroy your whole community. It's just called the ripple effect. And so listen, the top three reasons for divorce in the U.S. are communication problems, financial problems, and sexual sin. There it is. Communication problems, financial problems, and sexual sin. So that's where we're landing today is just trying to wave the flag and say, hey, warning, warning, you got to learn the facts. Okay, so let me ask you, what are you doing to protect your marriage? What are you doing to protect your family? What are you doing to protect your relationships? What are you doing to protect your children and your home? So that's where we're landing. So number one, uh, number one way to protect your marriage, learn the facts. You got to learn what's really happening, okay? So fight now, forever hold your peace. Number two, guys, we've got to learn the word of God. We've got to learn the Bible. So number one, we got to learn the facts. Number two, we've got to learn the Bible, the word of God. Listen, you have got to have a spiritual connection if you want there to be spiritual protection. Do you hear me? You have got to have a connection to the spiritual side of your life if you want to have a protective side of your spiritual life. So one thing I want to share with you is to pray for your spouse daily. That's how you fight now or forever hold your peace. That's how you protect your marriage. Pray for your spouse daily. First Thessalonians 5.17 says to pray without ceasing, with no intermission. Pray without ceasing. Okay, prayer strengthens you guys. It's going to strengthen your marriage. Philippians 4.8 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever thing is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable, whatever thing is excellent and praiseworthy, think about these things. So guys, prayer is going to strengthen your thought process so that you don't allow these negative thoughts and these negative intentions to enter into your head and into your heart. Someone told me one time, your eyes and ears are the windows and doors to your heart. So guys, you've got to pray. You've got to soak your life and protect your life with prayer. Number th- the second thing I want to encourage you to do is to hold your spouse accountable. Right? You want to pray for your spouse daily. You want to hold your spouse accountable. That's in the Bible. Proverbs 27, 17. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, one person sharpens another. Okay? Look that word up. To sharpen is to alert, to alarm. It's talking about accountability. So as you hold someone else accountable, right? Guess what happens when iron sharpens iron? Sparks are going to fly. It just happens when metal hits metal. There's going to be some sparks fly. It's not going to be easy. No one loves accountability, but guess what? It's going to strengthen you. So why don't you just ask your spouse, hey, did you read your Bible today? Hey, did you did you have time to, to sit and pray pray today, meditate and think about things spiritually? Hey, did you did you I mean you have to hold your spouse spouse accountable? Okay, that's a way to protect your marriage. If you're not asking them, hey, did you read your Bible today? Guess what? No one else is gonna ask them. Nobody, no co-worker is gonna come up and ask them. Let's just be real. So it's gotta be you. You gotta ask them, hey, did you did you set aside time today to, to just pray and reflect on God? Did you set aside some time today to worship and just thank the Lord? Did you did you read your devotion today? Like just ask, just ask them, hold them accountable. Next thing, if you can't be the change, be the example. If you can't be the change, be the example. You say, what do you mean? Well, guess what? Sometimes your spouse doesn't want to come to church. Sometimes your spouse doesn't want to read the Bible. 
And so what? You can't change them. You can't change nobody. The only person you can change is yourself. You cannot, ch- you cannot change anyone else's actions or anyone, else, anyone else's heart. So when you can't be the change, just be the example. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example. Did you hear that? Set an example for all believers in your speech, in your conduct, in your love, and in your purity. Guys, again, your spouse may not be saved, may not be a churchgoer. Guess what? You can't save them, and you can't drag them to church. Someone once said, man, I had a drug problem growing up. I had a major drug problem. I looked at them, I didn't know you did drugs. They said, yeah, my parents drug me to church. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, well, sometimes I guess you could just drag your spouse to church, but, you know, they're probably not going to like you for it. But pray, pray for them, but let your actions speak for themselves, guys. So we're fighting for our, for our spouse. Husbands, love your wife unconditionally. Yeah, that's in the Bible. Husbands, love your wife unconditionally. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Guys, don't neglect the basics. That's the basics. If you want to spiritually protect your marriage, then you must be obedient to the spiritual commands of Jesus. You have, guys, don't neglect the foundation. That's the basics, guys. Just love her unconditionally. Love her when she's not loving you back. Love her when she's not showing you any intimacy. Love her when she doesn't want to fellowship with you, when she doesn't want to hang out with you, she's not washing your clothes, Listen when she's not listening to you, not showing you any affirmation. Love her anyway. Why? Because that's exactly what Christ did for you. When you were not showing God any intimacy, you were not listening to God, you were not doing and being obedient in the things that God has called you to do, guess what? Even while you were a sinner, Christ came and he died for you. He loved you when you were unlovable too. Wives, ladies, don't neglect the basics. Submit to your own husband as you do unto the Lord. Listen, if you are not obeying scripture, Satan ain't gonna mess with you. He's got you right where he wants you if you're not obedient already. He's not gonna mess with you. He already knows you're falling away from God. The moment that you begin to step in and to live out your spirit, these spiritual commands, that's when Satan notices. He goes, oh, Shoot, well, here they come. Now they're, living, now they're living for God. Now they're living according to the Bible. I'm going to attack them. Ephesians 5.23, ladies. Wives, submit yourself unto your own husband as you do unto the Lord. You're submitting to him because that's the way God designed it, ladies. And it's just a respect. That's what guys want. Guys just want respect. Ladies want love. Guys want respect. That's all it is. That's what it is. And if you don't do it, it's just called the crazy cycle, right? The guy is not feeling the respect. So guess what he doesn't do? He doesn't love you the way he knows he's supposed to. So guess what? The woman doesn't feel loved. So guess what she ain't going to do? She ain't going to respect you or submit. And then round and round we go. It's just called the crazy cycle. And it can start with either one of you. Don't neglect the basics. Learn the Bible. Saturate your marriage with forgiveness. Had a guy in our church, been married for 65 years. I asked him, I said, what's the key, man? How in the world did you stay married for 65 years to the same person? He said, man, I just saturated my marriage with forgiveness. He said, we messed up so much. He said this. He said, he said forgiveness is the antidote to resentment. And this is a guy that's 85 years old. So I listened to him. All right, got married at 20. And just got, his wife just passed away just a few months ago. 65 years he was married. He said, forgiveness is the antidote to resentment. Ephesians 4.32, here's what the Bible says. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another. Just as Christ has forgiven you. Guys, guess what? Forgive and forget doesn't work. And we talked about that in a previous episode. It's what? Forgive and forsake. That was, that's what works. Forgive and, just, and forsake it. Put the past in the past. You guys have probably heard this phrase. I love this. Unforgiveness 
is like drinking poison and hoping that the other person dies. That's what unforgiveness is. It's like you drinking poison, but you're hoping that the other person dies. It ain't going to work. Just not going to work. Hebrews 12, 15. Don't you love the Bible? This is what the Bible says. Hebrews 12, 15. It says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. He says, watch out. Warning, warning. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness would grow up into trouble you, corrupting many people. Man, it's so practical. He says, watch out, be a warning. He said, I don't want any poisonous root of bitterness. And that's what bitterness is, man. It's a poison in your heart. It's in your soul. It's going to eat you up from the inside. He said, I don't want that to grow up inside of you and trouble you. He said, why? Because it corrupts many people. It doesn't just corrupt you. It corrupts the people you're around. So another thing, I want you guys to protect against the obvious, okay? Proverbs chapter 5 and Proverbs chapter 7. I want you to go read it today. Guys, those two chapters teach to stay away from the immoral woman, Stay away from the immoral woman, okay? Go read that, Proverbs 5 and Proverbs 7. And the same applies, ladies, stay away from the immoral man. Just flip it around when you're reading those passages. Think that there's also an immoral man seeking after you, ladies, and there's an immoral lady that's seeking after you men, okay? And guys, let me just tell you this. Guys, it's best not to have close close friends that are ladies. It's just not It's just not smart, guys. Yes, can you have acquaintances? Can you have coworkers? Can you have colleagues? Can you have, yes, you're gonna, you can have uh, classmates and teammates that are opposite sex. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and having a friend of the opposite sex is okay. Do not have close friends that you share stuff with. Do not have close, intimate friends or best friends that are the opposite sex. I'm just telling you, it's not gonna work out great. It's not wise, why? Eventually, there's going to be a flirtatious comment. Eventually, it, guys, it's only a matter of time that the flirting leads to liking. The liking leads to more flirting, and that's going to eventually lead to you making a stupid decision that could ruin your marriage. So do not have close best friends of the opposite sex. It's not wise at all. But you have to protect yourselves against the obvious. Satan obviously is going to want to have someone come up to you at work and flirt with you, and rub you, and, and and rub your shoulder, and say, oh, thank you so much for helping me lift my desk. I'm so glad we have a strong man in the office. I mean, just, and then you're just like, whoa, what a second, was that a flirtation comment here? Guys, protect against the obvious. The person at the gym that's staring at you, the person at the at the gym that's got the uh, the, the raunchy clothes, and, you, and, and, they're, and they're just dressing like that way for attention, and they keep looking at you, uh-uh. Change your gym membership. <laughs> Get out of there. Uh, say nope. We ain't going here no more. We going to a different gym. Stay away from the obvious. Okay, and protect yourself against the subtle. So you protect against the obvious, and you protect against the subtle. Okay, guys, stay away from that needy woman. She's looking for attention. She's looking for her hero. She's constantly saying, "Thank you so much." I'm so glad that we have someone like you uh, in our office that can help me uh, move my cabinet. Oh, man, I'm so glad we have a strong man in the office. Woo. And she just kind of pats you on the shoulder. Yeah, that's the needy woman. Men, stay away from her. Ladies, stay away from the needy man. He's looking for affirmation, right? He's going out of his way to offer help so that he can get that much-needed thank you that he hasn't gotten from his wife in months. Your thank you is like fresh water to his parched ground. And guess what happens to parched ground when water pours on it? It soaks it up. Stay away. Protect yourself against the subtle. Okay? So, thank you guys so much, man. This is going so good so far. One more thing. The best defense is a good offense. Did you hear me? The best defense is a good offense. Romans 12, 21 says, Don't let evil conquer you, 
but conquer evil by doing good. Guys, the more you fall in love with Jesus, the byproduct is the better husband you will become, the better wife you will become, the better protector you will become for your marriage and relationship. The more in love with Jesus that you are, the more good that you will do. Listen, I want to close with this study I found. 1947, Carl Zimmerman, a Harvard sociologist, wrote a report warning America that we are headed in the wrong direction and that we will soon collapse to our rebellion We will soon collapse due to our rebellion against conservative marriage. He stood, listen, guys, this guy understood world history. I mean, he was a sociologist at Harvard, for crying out loud. He studied all the great empires of the world that rose to great success and then fell from within, places like Rome and Greece and Egypt and Babylon. And he wrote his report, 1947, of the top seven things, the common denominators that each of these great empires had had in common with their rise to success and then their destruction from within. All these great nations that rose to great success and then fell from within. Top seven things. You know what number one was? The common thing that each of these each of these places had? Rebellion against biblical marriage. Rebellion against biblical conservative marriage. Turning away from the conservative traditional view of marriage found in God's word. One man, one woman coming together, become one flesh, rebelling against that, distorting that, and and, and perverting that. That was the number one thing found common in amongst dozens of these great empires that had fallen. This guy wrote a report to America saying, America, you're going in the wrong direction. You are distorting marriage. You are perverting God's original design. You're going completely sideways and all this stuff. Guys, it's up to us. We've got to turn back to God as a nation. It starts with your family. Sure, we want to see God do great things in our nation, guys. But guys, it starts with us being willing and open to say, hey, God, here's my marriage. Here's my family. Here I am, Lord. I'm here to serve you. Guys, we've got to turn back to God's word. We have to. And guys, listen, it doesn't start at the church. It starts at home. Guys, I'm a pastor. I can say that. It doesn't start at church. It starts at home. The churches in America, we're only as strong as our families that are coming and being a part. That's what the church is, the, the ecclesia. It's the gathering of the people. So, guys, it starts with husband and wife. It starts with mom and dad leading their families toward God, each of us doing that, then coming together. Man, we'd be unstoppable, and, man, we truly could change the world. Guys, thank you so much for listening today. Episode 19, fight now or forever hold your peace. There's two different ways for us to protect our marriage. Learn the facts. Learn the word of God. I pray that you are blessed today. I pray that you are encouraged and uplifted. So, hey, go like us on Facebook, Big Days Money and Marriage Podcast, our fan page. Shoot me an email, coachmymoney at gmail.com. I'd love to respond to you. I got people from all over the nation that I'm sending emails to each and every week. People are asking financial questions and marriage questions. I would love to connect with you. I'd love to respond to you and get to know you. So, hey, thank you guys so much. God bless you guys. Catch you next time. Peace out. Money Marriage Podcast. This is where you get advice. I can make a marriage nice. I can get your money right. Money Marriage Podcast. I can help you some. Coach my money at Gmail.